Good morning. And I think we definitely will finish Malachi this morning. I'm going to read from Malachi chapter 4 once again. And we'll read the last three verses in this little short book. So starting at verse 4. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I was reading these over, and I was struck again as I looked at verse 4, which we have looked at on the previous week. The Israelites had to remember to keep the law with the statutes and commandments. How often we hear Christians today when challenged as to the meaning of any clear command in the New Testament, they will say, and I, I've said this on numerous occasions, but it's so true, Yes, I know the Bible says that, but in my opinion, I think, and they go on to give their opinion as to what some clear piece of doctrine actually means. They think somehow that they can pick and choose what God's Word says, so long as He agrees with their thinking. Believing God's word is not like a buffet lunch. Pick and choose. The Israelites had to obey the law, and that contained hundreds of statutes and judgments. In the New Testament, there are hundreds of commands for Christians to keep if we are to live lives pleasing to God. And I just picked out a few. Keep yourselves from idols. 1 John 5.21 Keep yourselves from idols. Now this means more than just some image in the corner of your bedroom. We can make a lot of things idols in our life. We need to get rid of them. They said in Hebrews, I think last week, we are to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Strip down into running gear and go forward in the word of the Lord. This was an interesting one. In First Timothy 4, and verse 13. 
First Timothy 4, verse 13. Give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. We need to be constantly reading the Word of God, exhorting ourselves and others to believe it and to follow the doctrine of Scripture. Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. I think the Living Bible says something like, Do not let the world squeeze you into its mould. Years ago, we, when we had the shop, we used to sell some beautiful glass done by a very talented glass blower. And I was talking to him one day, we were talking about this verse. He was blowing this glass and he was moulding it into the pattern that he wanted. And in the in the New Testament, in the Living Bible, it says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. And he was making this beautiful vase in the way that he wanted it to be. And he wasn't using a mould. It was free-blown. And that's the way God wants us to be. To be moulded into the way that he wants us not to be conformed to uh, this world. And James says in James 1, 27, keep yourselves from the world. Don't conform to the world. Keep yourselves from the world. And here's one which is very true. We don't hear this very often. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Now we all know that we have to keep ourselves from evil. But this verse says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's going a step further. Keep yourselves from evil things, but also abstain from all appearance of evil. Something that you think doesn't matter too much, but it appears to be evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And then Hebrews 13 verse 9. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. How easy it is to start blaming and trying to look into other people's doctrines. Do not be carried about with strange doctrines. And then finally I picked one here. Romans 16 and verse 17. Romans 16 and verse 17. And Paul is beseeching us in this verse. Now I beseech you brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrines 
which you have learned and avoid them. Mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrines which you have learned and avoid them. And there are quite a few hundred more if you go through the New Testament you'll be able to pick them out and trust we will all keep to them. And you know something? Nowhere does it say that any of these doctrines and these verses which we have read are in some way just optional extras. Now, we'll turn to Malachi. And we'll turn to verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What was it like in the time of Elijah in the Old Testament? We look at 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 29 to 33. 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 29. And in the 38th and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, above all that were before him. Isn't that amazing? Above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal, and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger, than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Not incredible and so sad. And this was the atmosphere in which Elijah spent a lot of his time. Israel had gone deeply into sin and God sent a curse on Israel. Through Elijah, God sent the famine of rain and even dew, which we know lasted three and a half years. Elijah, as the prophet of God, spoke out frequently about the sin in Israel. And he had to flee from the presence of Ahab. 
There's some wonderful stories in the life of Elijah. And you should read all about them in First Kings chapters 16 to 18 or so. Some great adventures that man had. When he escaped away from Ahab, God arranged it that he was fed on one occasion with ravens. But one after quite a while, Ahab was challenged by Elijah. The famine was still on, but his contest with the prophets of Baal is worth reading. But just this, I'm just saying this to let you know how sinful Israel was living away from God at that time. So we'll have a move back to Malachi and we see that Malachi, the children of Israel, were living far from God during that time of Malachi. God promised that he would send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So when Malachi reminded the people in these few verses of the life and the spirit and power of Elijah and of the law and all its consequences, this was a time yet to come when Elijah would come before the Messiah would come in his the second advent. The law had come through Moses, as we saw last week. By Elijah's preaching and by his actions, that Israel, to some extent, been recalled back to God and his law. And this was in days when they were almost swamped by the worship of Baal throughout Israel. Before the coming of the predicted day of the Lord and Elijah is to appear. We may remember that when John the Baptist was asked if he were Elijah, he answered, No. Yet he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. So that in regard to the first coming of our Lord, Jesus could say, If ye will receive it, this is Elijah, which was for to come. In Matthew 11, verse 14. When our Lord came at his first coming to earth, John the Baptist came as the forerunner declaring the coming of the Messiah. His revelation to man to introduce the age of grace. But we know that when our Lord will come again to earth introducing the great and terrible day of the Lord 
He will come in judgment and righteousness. He came the first time to introduce the day of grace. When he comes to introduce the great and terrible day of the Lord, he will come in judgment and righteousness. Now we also read in Scripture that before our Lord comes, there will be two witnesses which would come to witness to the coming of Christ. I want to read a few verses from Revelation chapter 11 and verse 3. The book of Revelation chapter 11 and verse 3. And this will tell us a little bit about these two witnesses who shall come. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man shall will hurt them, Fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. They have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. It's interesting, just stop there. Spiritually, Jerusalem is here recognized as Sodom and Egypt. They had sunk so far into sin. And the dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half days, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. 
and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them this is a picture of what will happen just before the great and terrible day of the Lord now amongst some Bible commentators it is accepted that these two witnesses may be Elijah and Enoch neither of these men died they were translated to heaven Enoch in Genesis 5:25, and of course Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind in 2 Kings 2 verse 11 the argument that these two men might be those witnesses is that they say it is appointed unto men once to die and neither of those men have died so they will be the two witnesses others consider the two witnesses may be Elijah and Moses we know that one will definitely be Elijah so it's either Enoch or Moses perhaps I go along with Moses the drought of Elijah's time lasted three and a half years the witnesses of Revelation they will preach for three and a half years In Elijah's day, there was a partial return to the ways of God. It's interesting that when John the Baptist was coming, his father was serving in the temple, and Gabriel appeared to him and prophesied to John's father, Zacharias, that he would have a son. And Zacharias just couldn't believe it. He was very elderly at this stage. And here's what the angel said. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and you know as we know many did turn to God as a result of John the Baptist and his preaching and what does it say in verse 6 of Malachi chapter 4 very similar to what the angel said to Zechariah and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse this is prophesied of the coming Elijah in Revelation very similar to what the prophecy was for John the Baptist to his father many of the Jewish remnant will turn to God 
by the preaching of the two witnesses on the earth just before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord during the tribulation prophecy in Malachi was of the coming Elijah one of the two witnesses he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse both Moses and Elijah brought curses upon their enemies the enemies of God's people just a quick look at what these two witnesses will be preaching to the godly remnant of Israel and to the world at large at that time the gospel of the grace of God has passed with the rapture of the church and the great tribulation is in fact in full sway throughout the world the reign of the Antichrist is a fact of life or more often a fact of death by beheading soon the day of the Lord will come but not just yet that was the picture we can see happening in the world when the two witnesses are preaching the position and message of these two witnesses is not that of Christians and the grace of God but more like God acting in his way of government as we see in the Old Testament we know that when our Lord will come to earth the position and message of these two witnesses is not that of Christians but more like God acting in his way of government as in the Old Testament Elijah who prayed for drought and also called down fire from heaven to consume his enemies or like the time Moses who brought plagues and the like on the Egyptians and other enemies of God these two men acted in very similar ways before God we see in the Psalms examples of this form of preaching and testimony to the people we think times are bad now but when this time comes it will be beyond man's imagination in the great tribulation we feel like David in Psalm 3 let's just read Psalm 3 it gives us just what everyday life will be like during this time Lord Psalm 3 
Lord, how are the increase that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. And so we have here the problem in the first couple of verses. David's problems had increased. The number of people that troubled him was multiplied. Many there be that rise up against me. Many that say of my soul, there is no help in God. He was feeling very hemmed in by all these enemies. But then he turns to praise and worship and thanksgiving to God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Zion. Because of that, he laid himself down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. The message of these two evangelists, these two missionaries, to the remnant of the people, the godly remnant, was just like what David is saying here. They will prove that God is their shield. That he is their glory. And that they can lay themselves down in sleep. And then they go on to say a prayer that David prayed to God. And this is the type of prayer that these two missionaries will teach the people. Arise, O Lord, my God, save me. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken their teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Witnesses' message will be a message of the coming king. Their Messiah who will come with judgment and righteousness. In other words, 
a message for all the suffering Jewish remnant, proclaiming again to them the gospel of the coming kingdom, the imminent, glorious and triumphant advent of their Messiah. The testimony of these two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, two people who appeared with Jesus at his transfiguration, when our Lord's coming and his suffering at Calvary was discussed. Their message would result in many mourning for their Messiah. They will be in mourning for their coming Messiah. We read that in Zechariah. And then these two men will be killed. They'll be brought back to life again and will be taken up to heaven. And then the events recorded in Luke 21 verses 25 to 28 will take place. In the middle of this terrible tribulation, the Jewish remnant will be suffering. The two witnesses will come. They will preach this gospel of the coming kingdom, which was imminent and glorious and triumphant, the advent of Christ to the earth. Just before that, the events in Luke 21, verses 25 to 28, will take place. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then, and then, shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud of power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. This was the message that those two witnesses were preaching to the Jewish remnant. When we see that, then Christ will come to Jerusalem, a city which has been trodden by the enemies. Those will be harshly judged, as we saw in Malachi chapter 4, and verse 3, Christ will come to Jerusalem and the battle of Armageddon. And it says in verse 3 of chapter 4 of Malachi, And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. And Jerusalem will become a 
a city where Jesus Christ will set up his millennium reign. What a wonderful message for those in danger. Christ coming to defeat all their enemies. May we all have learned some truths from this interesting little book. To us living here now in the age of grace, we believe that the rapture is imminent. When Christ will come and take us to be with himself, meet him in the air, and we shall go to be with him. And during the next seven years, the terrible tribulation will click in. Are we ready? Are we ready for the coming of our Lord? to the earth. Let us take God's word seriously. We saw where Ahab didn't think it was a, a heavy thing. He thought it was a light thing to go and worship Baal. Let us take God's word seriously and believe it for what it is. God's unchanging word the entrance of thy word giveth light if i love the darkness still tis because my deeds are ill but the entrance of thy word giveth light my lord knows the way through this wilderness all i have to do is follow Strength for today is mine alway, and all I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through this wilderness. All I have to do is follow. May we all follow our Saviour day by day.